Hi everyone, it's Joseph Harwood and I'm bringing you my podcast experience, Agitprop Interviews. I created Agitprop Interviews after falling in love with podcasts and how relaxing and how fun they could be. When I was looking for different types of spirituality podcasts and different lifestyle podcasts, I really didn't find much from people that looked like me, so I decided to create my own. I wanted to interview people that really made a difference in my life, things that I'd listened to and thought, wow, that's changed the way I think about things. And I always want to bring attention to different facets of my website, whether it be in food, travel or lifestyle or even spirituality. I'm curious and hopefully you will be too. Please enjoy. So today's interview is something that I was really, really excited to do because I have just been working on my ancestry and in lockdown, which is during the pandemic in the UK, I've been really interested in finding out about my history. I've always been fascinated by my grandparents' ancestry because I look different and also because two of my grandparents are orphans. When I discovered a little bit about my history, I was thinking about ways that we could talk about this and find out a little bit more about how lessons are learned through generations and how we are passed on different messages from our loved ones that have passed. And one of the people that I was really inspired by is Dr. Monique Hunt. She is someone that I have been a fan of for quite some time because she's done a few interviews where she discusses her work. Now, she is someone that actually understands karmic lessons. It's a really interesting concept and something that I really wanted to explore with her during this interview. And I was a bit nervous to ask her too much about me personally because I don't always want to share everything. And also it's her job, so I didn't want to take away from her um, chance to share what she did. But she kindly offered to give me some insight about my ancestry. And it was interesting because we really inherit these kind of blueprints that we don't understand where they come from. For me, it was an insight into who I am, where I come from, and it was some very interesting rituals that you guys can do too. Hopefully you check out her work and enjoy the interview. So Monique, you are a healer, an intuitive and a channeler, and I was so intrigued when I began to listen to your work and interviews because I, my whole goal with what I wanted to start this year was to introduce spirituality and healing to my audience because I thought that's something that I have not seen in my generation. There's not been a dialogue with people my age about this online and, and online was our kind of forte. We kind of, it was my generation that sort of started the social media wave and I always thought like that it was strange that there was so little information from people my age. So my whole goal was to bring people that were intuitive, that were experts in healing and talk a little bit about things that would just be, I guess, educational and a little bit informative. Um, So I was so intrigued because I think a lot of intuitives talk to guides, they connect with people and loved ones, but you can connect to almost the ancestral line. And in that ancestral line, you've learned so much information and sort of teachings about how we can live a more fulfilled and easier existence so where did this all start like where did you grow up and knew your family spiritual like how did your journey begin so my journey really began as a young child I was that child that loved to sit at the knee of the elders and listen to their stories and hear about their lives and their experiences and the lessons that they learned and listen to them as they shared with me lessons that could help enhance my life. And my grandmother, well, I should say my grandmothers on both sides of my family are healers and intuitives. One of my grandmothers was a healer and she, very intuitive, and she would tell me from time to time, you know, you'll probably be doing this at some point in your life. And I think you'll, you, you have this gift. And she was one that did this secretly because being involved in the church really wasn't acceptable to be this healer but you know people would come through the back door and would sneak in and they would receive healings from grandma and she would you know help a lot of people and as i got older i really started feeling this gift and I noticed that as my friends were coming to me, like, you know, when I was in middle school and high school and they'd come to me with their relationship problems and I would be able to give them information, but it didn't really all come together even then. I went on to school to become an engineer and worked as an engineer. And then as I'm working in corporate America, I'm realizing that I'm not happy. 
I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm finding myself, you know, in tears on my way home from work because I can't believe that I've gone to school and done this and this is all that life is. And at some point I was offered a job and this is really where the, the story of the transition into this work began because although I was doing some of this from time to time, I really um, hadn't been doing it on a professional level. And I was offered a job and this was a career position. It was going to be an advancement, you know, move movement up the ladder, if you will. And the, the hiring supervisor said, you know, we'd like you to take this position and we look forward to having you come and work with us. Are you interested? And I said, let me go home and think about it because it did mean a lot of transition that was going to take place in my life. I came home, I thought about it, I went to bed that night and I had this very soft, gentle voice that woke me up that said, don't take it. I popped up in bed, like looking around the room, going, where did that come from? Don't take it, don't take it. And needless to say, it was very difficult to go back to sleep at that point because once again, on paper, this was a great opportunity. I get back to work and because this is on paper and it's a great opportunity and I'm still not quite sure where this information came from and I'm not as connected to my gifts as I need to be at that point, not always following my intuition and the little nudges that I get, I went back and I accepted the job. And that was the beginning of these messages that became louder and louder. When we don't hear the messages from our guides, from our ancestors, our spirit guides, the creator, whatever you feel is sending you messages, when we don't hear the message and the further we get from living our purpose, the louder the messages become, the greater the nudges become, the greater the message becomes, the louder it becomes. And it comes in many forms. Some, it comes, it may come in illness. It may come in the form of loss of a job or loss of a relationship or some kind of major change that takes place in our lives. For me, it was on a drive to work. And on my way to work, one early morning, because this job that I said yes to that was originally 20 minutes from my house, within a few months ended up being over an hour commute for me one way. And that was another piece that I felt was, here's another nudge letting you know, I didn't want to have to commute in over an hour away. I had just left that experience and was happy that I would be 20 minutes close to home. On this drive, on the way to work, it was extremely foggy. It was still dark out because it was early morning. It was very dark the fog was so thick that it was almost like somebody had thrown pea soup onto my, um, onto my, uh, my window, my windshield. And I'm driving along, I can't hardly see, and all of a sudden, a really soft voice, that same one that spoke to me about the job, said, roll the window down. And I'm thinking, roll the window down, it's foggy, it's cold, it's dark. But I went ahead this time and listened to the message. I rolled the window down and just as I did, I could hear metal on metal hitting and cars crashing into each other. The voice said, pull over to the side. Now, mind you, pulling over to the side could have meant that I was in a ditch or hit another car because you really couldn't even see the lane lines on the freeway. But I pulled over anyway and after a moment, the crashing stopped. You could hear the, sign, the sound of sirens. And then daylight started to come. And as daylight started to come, the fog started to lift. And that day, that fog didn't just lift outside. It lifted in me and made me realize that part of the reason why I was having these experiences is because I kept moving further and further away from my purpose from my calling, from my reason for being here. I went on into work and that day I started making a plan for an exit from corporate America and really started looking at what is it that I wanna do? 
And right after that, I was offered a job as a trainer in the company. And I jumped on that opportunity because it was closer to me being able to help people, which I clearly knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And engineering wasn't allowing me to do that. I took the job as a trainer. We were given a very large budget to develop as trainers. And I used that money to develop not only my skills as a trainer, but to develop me, my personal growth and really invest in my growth. And after working in that position for a couple of years, I was then ready to move out, move forward. And fortunately the company went through a downsizing and this downsizing then allowed me to really look at myself, why I'm here, what I'm here to do, and really take a deep dive. And I spent probably, I would say a good six months of lots of self-work, self-evaluation, really looking at what is it that I'd really love to do, developing my gifts even more, communicating with the intuitives in my family and listening to what they had to say, studying with different people, meditating on a regular basis, and out of that experience, the connection with the ancestors and spirit guides became very enhanced. And that's when it became clear that this was the work that I was here to do. And the interesting part of that is that I just wanted to end with this part is that it didn't mean that at that point I was confident enough to go out and say, I communicate with the spirit world, right? <laughs> so I wasn't able to necessarily do that. And it took a while for me to really get to the point where I was comfortable and finally, I mentioned to my mom, you know, this is something that I really feel called to do and I want to do. And she said, well, why don't you go ahead and try? And she said, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But what you're doing now by not sharing, by hiding your, your gifts, isn't working either. And that's when coming forward and doing readings and connecting with the ancestors and eventually them helping me develop the ancestral story clearing program really all took place. So I would say that, you know, moving into this professionally was about a four year journey for me to really enter in and do this work professionally and be able to work with people around the world. That is such, such an, a powerful story because I'm, I'm so intrigued by how we are almost we're provided messages but we don't realize what they are when they happen and it's like almost like nudges onto the right path because I think with my personal story I think a lot of my the people that grew up watching my YouTube videos when I was a kid were very surprised when I took a back seat and I kept on feeling for about three years whilst I was doing all my um my career online that I it was not right for me to do. It was not right for me to do. And I just kept ignoring it, even though I kept on getting these messages and these examples of why I shouldn't be doing it. And I went through this totally arduous situation where I ended up with an eye injury as a result of this. And obviously when you're filming in bright lights and you're creative with your, you're using your eyesight to kind of guide you in all your creative outlets and you can't see, you really have to stop. And I think like, that's the thing that I've been very interested in talking to people about, because when we don't listen to those signs there can be disaster <laughs> and yes. I, I'm intrigued by um how do we become more conscious that these things that we're we're kind of feeling or we're hearing or these signals that we're getting how do we register them as actually pieces of information because sometimes when you're just going through a busy day you don't pick that up so is there any guidance you could say about when we're all going through life and we're feeling like something's not wrong, what is that toolkit we can use to really determine, use our inner, voice, our inner ear, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say there, there are a couple of things. One is if the same challenges keep happening over and over and you're feeling like you're on a treadmill of struggle where you're not getting anywhere, but you keep working at it and keep working at it and you don't seem to be making any advancement, towards your goal, that's a time for you to come off the treadmill, sit with yourself, and really start to journal your experiences and the things that are happening around you. Begin to journal those. 
write them down, write those experiences down and start to notice that when you move in one direction, you feel like you're struggling all the time. When you move in another direction, it seems like things flow a little bit easier. And that begins to help you to see, okay, maybe the direction that I think I'm supposed to be going in isn't really right. It's a struggle. Now that doesn't mean that we won't have challenges when we're on the right path, but those challenges are sort of like little boulders in the road. And it gives us an opportunity to learn a little bit about how to get around, how to go through them or get under them or push them out the way. But the struggle is when we're constantly just moving and, and chugging along and nothing is happening. Nothing seems to be happening. That's such That's a good advice. Pardon? That's such a brilliant piece of advice to write things down. It's such like a powerful but simple thing that everyone can do. Yes, yes. Write them down. And I know that takes a little bit of time and we're busy, but the journaling piece is really helpful when there is a lack of clarity about what you should be doing and what's happening in your life. And meditation, learning to meditate, learning to sit quietly, learning to turn everything off is really helpful. The other thing that I also share with my clients that I feel is really helpful is really start to notice how you feel when you're doing the things that you enjoy. What are the sensations in your body? What are you feeling? What's happening? Because those are messages too about what you should be doing more of. And that is really helpful because when we're not supposed to be doing something, when it isn't part of our path, then we'll feel certain sensations and we'll feel the frustrations and the anger and the, you know, unhappy, dissatisfied with life, little things keep coming up. We should acknowledge those, but we also want to acknowledge when we're feeling good, what is making us feel good, the kinds of people that we're interacting with, what are we doing? I know for me, anytime I, even now, but back then, especially when I was helping someone, that's when I felt my best, which is why when I transitioned from working as an engineer to working as a trainer, where I was actually helping people and was able to even do workshops for our employees that weren't necessarily around just making them better employees, but actually personal growth workshops. That was really exciting for me. And that was another way that I knew that's the direction I should be going in actually helping people, not necessarily helping the company make more money as an engineer. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, when you discussed ancestry and you discussed connecting with an ancestor or connecting with a spirit guide, for people that don't know this language, what, what would that mean to them? So ancestors, obviously, we, we can understand this from our family, but is it always our family? And what would, what would a spirit guide be that's different to that? Okay. So your ancestors can be your blood ancestors, but they can also be ancestors in history that inspire you. If there's an author, if there's a speaker or an actor or a teacher or someone in history that inspires you, then that ancestor can now become a part of your ancestral team. So we are those are the ancestors that help that we can count call on to help guide us support us give us wisdom protect us open doors open the path to experiences introduce us to people and put us in places where we meet the right people and then there's your lineage ancestors and those ancestors are your blood related ancestors or they can be ancestors that you gained as a result of an adoption your lineage ancestors are the ones that have a direct impact on your DNA. Those are the ones that we carry their stories and their energy and their DNA from generation to generation to generation. And those are the ancestors that we have to work with to clear these karmic stories so that we can have a smoother journey in life, so that we can really um, connect with our purpose and why we're here and really understand why, what our soul's calling is. Then we have those ancestors that we may have adopted because we were, you know, some people who were adopted have those ancestors and those ancestors 
although they don't have as much of an impact on your DNA, they too can create somewhat of a shift in the DNA based on that family's experiences and the karmic stories. Karmic stories being things like a history of abandonment. If there's a history of, an, of abandonment within your lineage, then it begins to impact you and how you function with other people. Do you push people away so that you don't have to experience abandonment? Do you abandon your, yourself, your goals? Do you abandon your dreams? Do you walk away, like I said, from people before they can walk away from you? Do you experience a great deal of abandonment? That's a sign that abandonment is probably in your lineage somewhere. And that you have ancestors that have experienced abandonment and it has been passed down, the energy of that has been passed down from generation to generation, altering our DNA. If you have abandonment experiences that took place in a family that may have adopted you, then the energy of that will often impact you as well. And the experiences of those parents that raised you, if they've had abandonment in their lineage, then they've experienced a great deal of abandonment. And if they haven't cleared those stories, then their stories of abandonment are transferred onto the child that's been adopted. That is so interesting because then I've read many times and I've heard you speak about the karmic stories in a fashion of nine. So are there nine individual, like distinct cases that can impact us? Yes, yes. I'll share with you. There, there are nine karmic stories and those nine karmic stories are abuse, abandonment, addiction, anger, betrayal, poverty, violence, grief, and shame. So today, because we're learning, I think, more and more and more about DNA and how our ancestry has so much in common with, uh, with the dormant DNA that we're, we're now calling dormant, but used to be called junk DNA that we just thought didn't have any purpose, but obviously coded a lot of this inherited trauma. Um, how can we modify our lives so we no longer repeat these steps? Because I think definitely when you when you look at yourself objectively and you started to begin like a process of reflection and you're journaling and you're watching what you're, what, what makes you truly happy and then you're still slipping up and you're still noticing things that aren't quite right. How can we begin to clear those processes and those karmic stories? Yes. And that is a good indication that these karmic stories are present. Like you said, when you keep trying, you keep going and nothing, it seems to be working, then you know, one of the ways to start to identify which one of these stories or which of these stories is showing up in your life is the first step. And we may experience all nine of these karmic stories somewhere in our lineage, but there are some that are passed down that are more prominent and are more impacting on our lives today. Start to look at your family history. Not necessarily, I mean, you may not be able to look past your current living relatives and that's fine. Is there, you know, divorce, you know, are many people in your family divorced? Are there people who are dealing with poverty or has there been a lot of violence? Has there been a lot of loss in your family? Really taking a look at what is happening in your family. And once you begin to identify what some of the patterns are in your family, then you can really start to look at, okay, I'm seeing that in our family, there's a large amount of addiction. And then what you can do is begin to focus on releasing the story of addiction from your lineage. And one of the first things that we start with is by helping the ancestors forgive themselves and forgive each other for the times when addiction may have created an impact on those around them and on themselves. So we start with the forgiveness first, and it's very simple. I mean, there's, there's you know, forgiveness um, CDs and things like that that I've created where people can listen to them and, and do a forgiveness meditation, but we don't only have to rely on that. A person can just sit down and close your eyes and say for the ancestors who experienced addiction or any one of these karmic stories, talk a little bit about 
how addiction may impact um, for the ancestor that experienced addiction and loss of money, loss of life, um, lack of trust, betrayed people were betrayed um, for the times when they weren't fully present, when they weren't able to fully love. Please forgive yourself and forgive each other. And that is the first layer to beginning to remove that karmic story from the lineage. And that's, that's an easy step. And then what I do when I work with my clients is I'm able to identify where that karmic story showed up in the family lineage. Was it in the last four or five generations or was it 14 generations back? I'm able to channel the messages from the ancestor about what actually took place around that karmic story. We were using, I was using addiction as an example. I'm able to look and work with them to hear their stories about say addiction. And after they share their story, they always share a spiritual practice that the person, the client can actually begin to do right away that helps them release that story, not only from the lineage, which is the powerful piece, because as we do this work for ourselves, it impacts our entire lineage forwards and backwards, including future generations. So as they give us these spiritual practices that we can do, we do the spiritual practices, and that's when we start to notice a real shift that takes place and how that story begin, stops being a dominant story in the lives of our living relatives and in our own life. And that's sort of where we begin. It's a really incredible and, incre and um, almost simple, but not obviously simple. It's, it's, uh, this is what I was so intrigued by because I've heard you um, speak to clients on various interviews before. And because I think I th I'm so fascinated by this because I don't really have any history with my um, both of my grandmothers were orphans and I don't really know the backstory of my grandparent my grandfathers. So I was trying to look into my ancestry during lockdown and I found out my DNA and I was thinking because we can't even distinguish which side of my family I have different heritage on and which is what I know that both of my um, grandparents experienced well, all my grandparents, apart from one, I think, experienced quite extreme trauma when they were children. And it's, there has been like echoes of that throughout family. And and when you begin this work, when you start to look into this, it's, it's almost like you don't just do it for yourself, you do it for everyone. <laughs> and I was really intrigued. Um, I, I wouldn't want to ask you to do anything involving reading me over the interview, of course, but I'm, if someone was to want to learn more about their ancestry and they wanted to connect with you, is there, obviously they can find you on your website, but what would that involve? Like what courses or one-on-one -on -one sessions do you offer? So I offer, um, I have the Ancestor Wisdom School, which is the first thing that I encourage people to get involved in. The Ancestor Wisdom School is where we each month begin to focus on these karmic stories. So we select a karmic story every month. We focus on that karmic story. We do forgiveness work. I help people set up their ancestral altar so that they have a way of connecting with the ancestors. Because as I said before, these ancestors were, will provide us with a lot of wise guidance. From there, we begin to do karmic story clearings where I do group calls where people can ask a question on the call about that particular karmic story. And I begin to do the clearing and working with the ancestor and have the ancestors provide us with spiritual practices that the person can do throughout the month. And so that's sort of the first layer. And then the next piece is what I call the real transformation piece. And that's when we actually do the work one-on-one -on -one, along with the group work and the assignments that occur between sessions. And so I work with people one-on-one. -on -one, and when we work one-on-one, -on -one, we take a look at what are the three tarp top karmic stories that are impacting your life right now. We look at those three stories. We start to focus on those three stories. We work on those three stories to clear those three stories. Now, all of these stories are related to each other. So if you've had addiction in your family, then you probably have had some form of abuse and anger and maybe betrayal, maybe even poverty. When we focus on three, it usually impacts the other karmic stories as well. 
that doesn't necessarily completely remove them, but it lessens their impact in our lives. We do the one-on-one -on -one sessions and or participation in the Ancestor Wisdom School. Some people do both. Some people only do the Ancestor Wisdom School, and that's an option as well. And that's how we get started. That's how we do the work. And then eventually, if a person really shows an interest in this work, then we go on to the possibility of becoming an ancestral story clearing practitioner, which is pretty exciting because we have several of those that are in the program right now. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, more so because I think my when, when I was very young, my dad's mother, so my maternal um, grandma, I was always told by my parents that she could see the people and we'd find out that the people had some sort of connection to where we were much later and she passed away before I really was a teenager she was she passed away when I was still a kid and I didn't discover that until I was an adult that she gave us some books that were kind of like coffee table books and within those books it kind of gave me messages that I applied to my work as an adult but I think she intended me to find them much later on and I've always been sort of like guided in, in what I've done by both of my grand grandmothers and I I don't know if it's just because I have not dedicated myself to learning the meditation practices and, and really um, clearing out my crazy schedule and things, or it's just that I'm missing something. But I don't know if you have any advice just for my, my example that I've given there, because I have tried to um, listen to signs and I've missed them on several occasions. And I think sometimes that I just, there's a piece of this that I personally am not connecting with, that I'm not locking into my life. And I'd love to to hear what you thought. So one of the first things that came from one of your grandmothers, actually, this is a grandmother that's three generations back. She said, you're moving too fast. Uh, slow down just a little bit. And she said, through the, through the slowdown, it will feel initially like I'm not getting as much done, but you're actually going to be getting more done. She's also saying that there's a higher calling on your life. There's something much bigger. She said, you've gone big, but there's something bigger. And to get to that bigger means slowing down, which is sort of counter to what we know or believe. Oh, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. And we're doing all this work. And what she's saying is your bigger doesn't come from more work. Your bigger comes from slowing down. And in your slowing down, you will begin to have these deeper connections with not only your ancestors, but there is a lot of wisdom within your soul that you have gathered on this journey and previous journeys that will begin to come through. And yeah, there's some really powerful, powerful, powerful work that you're going to be doing. I mean, you've already done some amazing work in this world, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> but there's even more. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's really beautiful and exciting. And you got to just slow down just a little bit and begin to do the meditation. The other thing about the books that's coming through is, do you have an altar? No, I mean, I know no. you're sort of in transition right now, so it makes it a little bit more difficult, but is it, there any like, yeah. little place that you can set up? There's when I um because before my whole renovation thing property started, I put my old house, the entire furniture into storage, which included like all the mementos I've collected since I was probably about two, all little trinkets and things that my grandparents are giving me, my family are giving me, and I've literally just rescued it from my storage unit um a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and I was feeling like I needed to do something with it, but I didn't know what I should do with it but it just was I was I had this like fear that somehow if I left it in the storage it would get taken and I just I had to go and get it and it just triggered me into sorting out all my storage unit in the last few weeks but I got all the stuff now and it's here so that's very strange <laughs> very, very <laughs> synchronistic <laughs> yes 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 and you were um those were nudges by your grandmother mm. to go get your items this, this same grandmother that was sharing with me nudges to go get your items. Now it's time to take those items and find a little place. And you don't have to put all of them out, but find a little location somewhere where you can put a few of the items out, place a candle, and they want you to put three glasses of water on the altar. 
and light the candle and ask for the messages that they want to share about what this bigger is for you what they want to share and open and let them know that you're truly open to their guidance and wisdom and that you want to be able to hear the messages and that's just simple that's like a simple start for you or for anyone but that's a simple start for you for beginning to connect it's sort of like any relationship that we begin we begin by you know setting some time to get to know the person connect with the person build the relationship and then as the relationship builds more and more information becomes you know or comes forward that would be the case for you the more you connect and i would say because of the slowdown that you're being encouraged to do to connect twice a day once in the morning hours and once in the evening time doesn't have to be for hours at a time it can be you know simply a 10 minute standing in front of your altar lighting your candle you know placing the three glasses of water and just closing your eyes if you don't get anything or you're not sensing anything don't worry about it that's the beginning of the connection you're very very intuitive you have a very powerful team behind you a spiritual team or as i call the divine council and they're ready to take you to the next level and by you sitting with them and beginning to allow them to be present and welcoming them slowing down just a little bit so that they can catch up and they can be present with you the more you do this the more the ideas are going to start to flow and this bigger project will begin to come forward they're also saying that there's in your back of your mind you actually have an idea of what the bigger project is but just not quite sure how it's all going to come together mm. and the details are not very clear but there's some idea that you have of something that you want to do yes i have i have got i've had like a couple of things that i've been wanting to do for for various reasons just because I wanted to help other people as well and I've always been drawn to um connect with people but I think I've always been nervous because I think when you're kind of different to what people expect you kind of have this sort of like this this disconnect to um to wanting to be in front of people because I don't want to upset them by me being myself if you know what I mean I don't know how to describe it but that's kind of the feeling that, that I have but I've always wanted to connect with more people so I, I will definitely um practice that and and see what comes up but thank you so much for being so generous um and sharing that information that you picked up thank you oh you're welcome and I, I will share this with you as well as you step forward with this divine team your people will come forward that will recognize you for who you are and the gift that you want to share and the love that's in your heart and the rest of it won't even be seen oh that's you don't cool. even have to you you won't even have to worry about it and i do understand that because you know people doing this kind of work alone it can be a, a little bit um challenging to step forward so i definitely understand what you're saying um, on a broader level about what people find acceptable and what they don't. And, but what I'm getting from your ancestors is you are going to rise above all of that and will be protected and okay. shielded okay. from some of the evilness that comes from people. That's really lovely. Thank you. One question that I was going to ask you, because I was listening to an interview where you were talking about your connection with your grandmothers and you have, a very strong connection with your grandmothers and part of your dedication to them within your altar is giving chocolate. And I just wanted to talk to you about how altars, um, what, like, how would you explain what an altar is and, and how, how can it vary? <laughs> yes. Yes. So as we were talking about yours, an altar can be, a, you know, a big, huge space um, in your home, in your yard, anywhere or it can be something very small i know a woman who right now doesn't have an address you know and meaning she's homeless but she doesn't as she says i don't have an address and but she has a small box that she takes with her and she's you know right now kind of going from home to home staying with different people 
and she has her small box and that's her altar. And she just has these items in a box and she takes and opens the box wherever she is and arranges the items in the box and that's her altar. And that is a way of honoring your ancestors, honoring the ancestors that inspire you. It's a way of saying to them, I'm welcoming you into my life. I want to integrate your messages into my life and I want and need your support. And I will, you know, be the one where you can offer guidance and inspiration and information and maybe be able to finalize or finish or complete or continue the things that they weren't able to finish or weren't able to do because in their lifetimes they weren't allowed to do it or they didn't have the resources to do it. You're basically saying, come come join me. I want to build a relationship with you. And so that's what setting up your altar does. There are so many different things that you can add to the altar. Sometimes people add photos of their ancestors. Sometimes they don't have photos, so they don't add the photos. They, you can put what I call a surrender box on your altar. And you place in that box the things that you want to release and let go of, whether it be, you know, a conflict with someone or a fear that you're dealing with or some kind of pain from the past. You can put those in the box and ask the ancestors to help you release those. You make offerings on your altar. If you know, like in the case of some of my ancestors, they loved, like my dad particularly, loved coconut. So from time to time, I'll place coconut on my altar just to remind him that He's in my thoughts and I am open to receiving any messages that he may have for me at this time. And I have ancestors that like chocolate and some of them like orange. I have ancestors that love flowers. I'll put any of those things on the altar as an offering to them to say thank you and to let them know that they're being acknowledged and invited and welcomed into my life. The altar, as I said, can be big or small. Any items that you're inspired to include on the altar are open for you to be able to include. Some people like to include what they call their spirit animals. So if a person is particularly connected to dolphins and dolphin energy, they may want to put something that represents dolphins on the altar. If you know that your grandmother had a favorite color, you may want to include something of that color on your altar. Different ways that you can bring your altar and create your altar, I call them, they're never ending creations. You don't ever just say, oh, I'm done with my altar. I don't need to do any more. Your altar is something that is fluid. It changes. It needs to change. It needs to reorganize from time to time. You may take things off your altar that no longer are meaningful and add new things to your altar. You may get guidance from an ancestor to add something to your altar. So your altar changes, shifts, may grow, may become smaller all the time, but it is your way of opening yourself and connecting and inviting the ancestors to come in. You may even have more than one. Like I have two in my office. One is dedicated to my grandmother's one is dedicated to all of my ancestors. I have one that's in the house that is specifically set up for my dad that is you know, geared to welcoming him in. I sometimes will set up an altar in the backyard just to welcome the ancestors to come and help with the land and make the land you know, nourishing and pure and energetic and a welcoming place for anyone who steps on the land. That is amazing. (laughs) That's beautiful. How do dreams tie into um, the messages we receive from ancestors? Because I know sometimes dreams can seem like some sort of incredible, fantastical thing. And other times they can be very direct and you can see your loved ones. Is dreams a, a, a way for people to connect? Absolutely. Dreams are a beautiful way to connect. 
probably one of the easiest ways to connect. In fact, you may have heard people say after a loved one passed away that they came to them in their dreams soon after they passed away. It's a very common experience for people to dream about those who have passed away most recently. Dreams are an opportunity for your mind to be quieted. That's why I tell people, turn that TV off in your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> Take it out of the bedroom. Turn that TV off. Turn the music off. And allow yourself to sleep in silence so that you have this opportunity to have that connection in your dreams. You can set the intention for the connection so you can do it more deliberately or you can just go to sleep. You may remember the dreams you may not remember some of the dreams it doesn't mean that they didn't happen it doesn't mean that the ancestors haven't come and communicated with you it just means that you may not remember that experience and communication but your dreams are an opportunity for your soul to learn lessons and for the divine beings to come and communicate with you and one of those groups of divine beings are your ancestors you can, like I said, you can do this deliberately by saying, you know, I'm having a challenge in this area of my life and I need some support. You can write it down on a journal, put it next to your bed, get a glass of water, drink half of the water, then put the glass by your bed, put the journal by your bed. When you wake up in the morning, drink the rest of the water and so you might want to get a little glass, not a big glass before you go to bed, but drink the rest of the water and then use your journal to write down anything that you may remember from your dream. And if you didn't remember and just say, I don't remember anything, but this is what's on my mind at the moment. This is what I'm thinking about. And just write down what you're thinking about. The more you do that, the more you begin to open up to the ancestors communicating with you in your dreams. and the more you are becoming in tune with them through your dream state. Doesn't need to be a long process. Very short, very quick. Um, write down your question, put the journal down, drink the half a glass of water, go to sleep. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing these, these beautiful rituals and, and ways that we can connect. And I can't I'm going to, when I edit this back, I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to practice all of this stuff because this is, this is beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time today to share this information, to, to share your story. I'm sure a lot of people listening will be super intrigued. How can everyone find you? Um, your website obviously is online. Do you use social media? What's the best route to contact you? Well, there's two ways. One, of course, is the website, which is drmonique.com, which is an easy way to get in touch with me. Or you can connect with me through email, which is drmonique at drmonique.com. So that's D-R-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. That is another way to get in touch with me. And you can connect with me on social media. And I think the best way is if you want to connect with me through social media is probably Facebook is the easiest. It's the one I check the most. And that is just Monique E. Hunt and nicknamed Dr. Neat, you'll see. And you can connect with me there as well or on my Facebook page, which is Dr. Monique, The Business Intuitive. So you can go there as well. That is amazing. And are you working on anything specifically right now through lockdown that people can check out? I know you've got a few interviews outside of this one that are online, but are there any programs that you really wanted to um, share? Sure. So the first thing is, if you go to the website, drmonique.com, there is a PDF that is available on there. It's a little book that gives you three spiritual practices that you can do to begin to connect with your ancestors. So that's something that you can do. You can pick up right away on my website. And the Ancestor Wisdom School, we are entering into our next series. And our next series includes clearing karmic stories of anger, grief, and violence. And we're focusing on happiness, purpose, and peace. So those are the three things that we will be focusing on by clearing those three karmic stories. You can find more information about the Ancestor Wisdom School on my web website at drmonique.com. 
And if you are interested and would like to learn more about the program or want to discuss whether or not this is a fit for you, all you have to do is send me an email. I'll respond and give you a link to have a quick conversation with me, a quick 20-minute conversation, and we can talk more about how Ancestor Story Clearing works and whether or not it would be a good fit for you at this time in your life. And we can talk about the Ancestor Wisdom School as well. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you. I've taken up probably more than it, more than we thought, but I was so intrigued to ask you questions. So send in love and thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. It is truly an honor. Thank you for connecting with me. And I just, you're just the spirit of who you are shines so bright. Um, and you have such a calming and beautiful voice. So thank you and for giving me this honor. It was such a pleasure to speak to Dr. Monique. I was so blessed that she had the chance to actually go through my own personal ancestry and it was wonderful to speak to her today. Please check out all her work. I'll link that around the interview wherever it's posted and please take care. Agile Prop Interviews is brought to you by Team Baron. This is a project I created and self-recorded, so there are some blips, but hopefully we'll work them out. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out all the links on the interview section of AgileProp.world. You will find all the speakers' details and find out more about their work. Don't forget to follow Joseph Harwood at Joseph Harwood on all social media, and you will also be able to find updates at AgileProp.world. Thank you for listening. Please stay curious and sending love.